Hello there and welcome. The message you're about to listen to is courtesy of Heaven Citizens Christian Center. We pray that God blesses you as you listen. Amen. Okay, today we're going to be starting um, on a new series. It's called The Technology of Abundance. Of course, last week <laughs> we started on the journey of technology uh, and Pastor took us in the definition of technology and helped us to see how it works. Uh, and we appreciated science in helping us to realize that for as long as there is a mechanism that has been created uh, and a science that has been created for, for which something is done, it can always be replicated again uh, along that pattern. Uh, we saw that last week and it was a very fantastic uh, time together last week. Today we are going to be talking about the technology uh, of abundance. And, you know, by God's spirit, I believe so strongly that God is going to communicate to every one of us what he has in mind for us to talk about today. Amen. Amen. But uh, very quickly, I wanted us to look again at what technology means. I've been trying to click it, <laughs> but it seems not to be clicking. Okay. Uh, okay. What is technology? And a very simple definition that helps simplify the long introductory technology that Pastor gave us last week that many of us were confused about is technology is, a, is basically a systematic way of doing things or solving problems for the good of mankind. Are we together? Is a systematic way. I think the key word there uh, is the systematic, okay? Is the systematic, the system. Uh, technology is the process of bringing together that system that ensures that the problem is solved. Yeah? So it means that we have a problem uh, and there needs to be a solution. And it's the systematic way of bringing all the elements together to ensure that whatever the problem is is solved is what technology is about. Okay? So I perceive that there was a time when people could not could not communicate to a large crowd is the reason why the microphone was created. As a matter of fact, in this room here today, we probably can communicate to one another without a microphone. Uh, but also, so that this message can go beyond the four walls of this room, it's also required for a microphone to transmit it into another device that ensures that it can be produced and duplicated. So because there is a challenge, because there is a problem, because there is an issue that needs to be solved, technology comes into play to create a systematic process for which that problem can be solved. And we have many things in this room, for example, that can bear us witness. Over the week, I, I, I saw a video of a man dismantle a Rolex wristwatch. And he removed everything piece by piece. The glass of the wristwatch was broken, and I think the wristwatch also stopped working. And this guy removed the back of the wristwatch, removed, dismantled the engine. You know all these wristwatches that, have, that you can see through the glass? You can see the engine through the glass. He removed every element of the engine piece by piece, washed it all in some form of chemical, and started arranging it back together again. And in my mind, I was just thinking that this guy understands the technology of wristwatches. Because if I dismantle that wristwatch, it's very easy to dismantle. It's not a problem dismantling the wristwatch. I would dismantle it conveniently, but the problem will start when you tell me to arrange it back. 
Hello. Now, in my field as well, we have the maintenance arm of laptops and phones. And I have engineers that work with me to ensure that the phones can be fixed. And sometimes I stand in front of my engineer watching him dismantle a simple phone. Bros, after dismantling the phone, I cannot help him to arrange it. Because I watch in amazement how every little... You know, these devices have some screws, some screws that you can easily just inhale it into your nose. <laughs> just, they are so tiny, and there are screwdrivers that are meant for those screws. So the technology has ensured that those screwdrivers are magnetic, and the screws are also magnet magnetic. So that, because naturally you can't pick the screw. So it has to be magnetic enough for you to be able to pick it. Do you understand? And then screw it into inside the phone. So the phones are being made to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And that requires that the screws become smaller and smaller and smaller. And sometimes the screws hold something. I'm like, ah, hey, you this month is holding this one. Hey, hey. There is God, though. Do you understand? So technology is the system. Now, the reason why these engineers can un unfold any phone can unscrew any wristwatch, can unscrew any device and put it together is because there is a systematic process of putting it together and they already understand that. So the same way a mechanic knows that, oh, okay, if your, problem, your car has this problem, it must be, now, gradually is becoming a mechanic because every now and then <laughs> he tells me about different, sometimes he mentions something, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he said, uh, do you know the, that crank shaft that is, I'm like, crank what? <laughs> so, already as a mechanic, you know how if you don't put a particular thing in place, something else cannot work. And to, to your biggest surprise, you will be shocked that the elements that can prevent the entire car from moving might be an element that is not bigger than this, this uh, device. Are we together? But for somebody who understands the mechanism of how a car operates, the person knows that for as long as this device is not in the right place. Now, if you give me the device and you give me the car and you say, okay, this device was taken from this car, now it's time to fix it, I would not know how to do it. Why? Because I don't understand the technology of how a car works. Are we together? Now, but we know that once we understand the technology of anything, then it becomes replicable and duplicable at any time to reproduce whatever we want to produce. Now, in which case, technology is basically about problem solving. So it means that we can always solve that problem if we understand the systematic approach that has been created to always ensure that the problem is solved. Are we together? So, and it's the reason why even amongst human relationships, if we have people who understand how humans relate, then in the case where we have dispute, these people becomes the one that we can refer to to ensure that they can help us analyze the technology of this uh, relationship and resolve it. Are we together? So we have counseling units, we have, uh, we have human relations units in different departments, we have human resource departments in companies and all that. These are people who naturally are skillful, are skilled to ensure that they can understand the technology of how these interrelationships work. Are we together? And whatever problem 
is created by any form of deformity in this system can then easily be fixed the moment we understand the technology that put that system together. So, having understood that technology is, the, is a systematic way of doing things or solving problems for the good of mankind, now we are going to look at the technology of scarcity. And I believe that all I'm going to be able to do today is just lay the foundation of what this whole um, abundance conversation is going to be about. Uh, the technology of this slide seems not to be working. Uh, so I need somebody in the back end there to help us with the technology. Thank you. Now, what is scarcity? Because I feel that in order to understand abundance, there might be a need also to look at the other side of abundance, which is scarcity. Are we together? Now, scarcity is a state of being in short supply or, simply put, shortage. Are we together? So, if something is in short supply, then we can say there is scarcity. There is shortage. Now, many of us know, like we have talked about some of the devices that we use. One of the devices that we use on a daily basis is a car. Every one of us came here today by reason of a vehicle except for those who probably trek because their house is closed. Are we together? That's also a technology. <laughs> technology of trekking. <laughs> Some of us understand it very well. Amen? <laughs> now, we drove here today, and you know that if your car is short of oil, it might signal danger. Are we together? If your car is short of petrol, if there's scarcity of petrol, some of us might not even be able to come to church. Are we together? Scarcity is a word that doesn't sound good in the ears of anybody because you don't want to be in shortage of any substance. Are we together? Uh, if there's any shortage that we desire, it will be the shortage of bad things like poverty. We don't even want shortage. We want a complete elimination of such things. Are we together? Especially in places like Nigeria. Thank you very much, uh, Brother God's will for that wonderful uh, prayer for our nation. I will not stop praying for Nigeria. Please don't stop praying for Nigeria. I had somebody tell us uh, recently, he said that, uh, okay, it was a video I was watching of uh, Olusegun Obasanjo, and he said that he always, there's a particular friend of his that he always told that let us pray for Nigeria. And that one, we always tell him, Oga, you are just wasting your time. When you finish praying, and God has answered the prayer, come and meet me, because... As far as he is concerned, that God has given us everything we need. Why are we praying to God? But look, if you understand the situation of Nigeria very well, you will know that Nigeria needs prayers. Now, um, in his own words, Nobasan just said, what is good requires prayers <laughs> so that I can remain good. And what is bad also requires prayers so that I can become good. Uh, Nigeria, even for those who think it is good because they are isolated in a world of their own, yeah, they still need to pray <laughs> because when it happens, it will touch everybody. Are we together? I remember during the lockdown and boys were, were packing palliatives everywhere. There was a particular day they came to my estate and they were, I, I, had a, I have a video of this in incident. These boys, area boys around, we're trying to bring the gate down. And because at that time also there was fuel scarcity, at a point I had to go and buy fuel for the generator, there was no light. 
one of them said in clear words, he said, when we are done, all these rich people will come for them. I'm telling you. He said it. And I told him, guy, you are here to buy fuel. And you are saying you are a poor person. You are not poor. That you can afford fuel. You are not poor. That who are the rich people that you are talking about? But, you know, I tried to reorientate him a bit and all that. But I realized that, look, these guys, there is a thinking of, <laughs> you, you get car. <laughs> hey, you have car. You are living in estates. There must be something inside this estate that you people are keeping. And we are coming for it. No matter what it is, we are coming for it. And you know, anybody that feels, ah, I'm all right, we have created an island of prosperity for ourselves in this quicksand of poverty, which is called Nigeria, you are not really all right. And that's the reason why it's important for us to ensure that we continually pray. And as we get closer to 2023, prayer is even much more uh, important. Now we move to abundance, and we see that abundance, please, abundance is on the previous slide. Good. We see that abundance is a very large quantity of something. Abundance is having a, an abund a, a large supply. I wanted to use abundance to define abundance. Okay? But you get my point. Abundance is having anything that is needed in, in excess supply. Are we together? So, uh, the reason why we are here today beautifully clothed in different colors is because we, in our wardrobes, we have an abundance of clothes that we could choose from. Many of us are clothed today in attire that I've never seen before. Okay? I'm seeing some attires and I'm like, God... <laughs> Now, a person fine like this, bless me like Brother Felix, you know? <laughs> I'm seeing Mr. Enla and Brother Jolly, and I'm wondering, ah, my sense of dressing, I need to go and work on it. Are we together? Now, for you to come beautifully dressed, it definitely means that you have, in some sense, an abundant supply of clothes. Are we together? Now, many of us transported ourselves here today. You bought fuel into your car. You probably even had the mechanic ensure that your car is in good condition. Maybe you have an abundant supply of financial resources. Is the reason why you could put that together. Are we together? Many of us had eaten breakfast this morning, probably because you have an abundance of food to eat. Is the reason why you could take breakfast. Now, scarcity being the opposite of abundance will mean that you have no breakfast this morning not because you don't feel like eating, not because you wouldn't have desire to have eaten, but because there's no capacity for breakfast. Now, that's scarcity. Now, scarcity will mean that even though you have a car, the car cannot be fueled because there is a shortage in financial supply to ensure that the car is fueled. Scarcity is, you know, not having electricity as a supply and not having the capacity to ensure that the generator is provided for or an inverter is provided for that can supply the electricity that is needed. So, scarcity is never a good thing in this context and abundance is definitely the way to go. Abundance is what you and I desire and we want and we want more of. 
Are we together? Now, in discussing the technology of abundance, we now ask ourselves the important and critical question, is God's will abundance or God wants us to be in scarcity? Hello? Does God desire that we be in abundance or he wants us to be in scarcity? And in looking at this uh, topic of the deliberation this morning, one of the things that one of the places that I'll be looking at is the book of 2 Corinthians uh, from um, chapter 9, from verse 6 to 8. Please, next slide. Uh, the technology of this thing is stressing me out. Now, abundance is ours. Maybe it's a battery. Thank you. The Bible says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So the Bible says that, so let each one give as he proposed in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Yeah? God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Hallelujah. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Hallelujah. Now, the very key part of this passage that I want to point to us today is the fact that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, hello, that you and I, having, that you always, because that word is important, always, always having all sufficiency in all things. What is the meaning of sufficiency? And what is all things? First of all, all things mean all things without any exception. Are we together? All things mean all things without any exception. If there was an exception, it would have been stated that having all sufficiency in all things except in finances, then you will know that, okay, there is a possibility for there not to be all sufficiency financially. Are we together? If it said that having all sufficiency in all things except uh, love, you will know that we can have all sufficiency in all things except a supply of love. So I can choose not to love. But the Bible says here that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Meaning that, what is grace? Meaning that you are already engraced to do what you need to do. Now, this passage started by encouraging you to sow bountifully so that you can reap bountifully. Yeah? And not do it, and not do it out of compulsion. Let it be 
from a heart of generosity. And it's now saying that God has already made, has already given you all grace, has made all grace abound towards you so that you will have the capacity to obey what he has asked you to do, which is to give bountifully. Are we together? So that you, having all sufficiency, now God wants you to have all, everything that you need in sufficiency so that you can abound in good work. And God has called us to good works. The life that he has called us to live is a life of doing the work that he has committed into our hands, which is good works. Are we together? Bible says that we are partners together with Christ Jesus in the work that God has given us to do. Jesus Christ, when he was leaving the scene, he called the disciples and gave a charge. In Matthew 28, he said that all power in heaven and earth has now been given to him. And he is commissioning them to go out and make disciples of all nations. Marking them by baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he said, I am with you as you do this day after day after day. Now in 2 Corinthians 9, he is saying that he has given. He has made all grace to abound towards us. So that we, having all sufficiency, can abound in every good work. So the work that he has given us to do is without... I mean, it's not without a supply of the abundance of the resources that will be required to do the work. And if there's, if there's a mechanism that will ensure that the abundance is available, he has also given us grace to ensure that we can do what is required for that mechanism to be replicated. Are we together? So, God has called us to good works and he has made us, he has given us all sufficiency. And you know, the, the interesting thing about this is that it is not spoken in future terms. He says that you always Always having an abundance of, no, no, no. Always having all sufficiency in all things. <laughs> it means that whenever you experience a scarcity of anything that is required for good works, then it means you are not operating in a state that God has already ordained for you and I to be. Because as far as God is concerned, who doesn't lie, he has already ensured a supply of all things in its sufficiency. Past tense. So Jesus has done the work that ensures that your abundance and my abundance is guaranteed. And whatever we need is not in shortage of supply. As a matter of fact, Jesus told his disciple that anything you ask in line 
with the work that I have given you to do, it will be done. So as believers, our problem is not the availability of abundance. The Bible says that ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. The provision is made already. But is it possible for there to be an abundance in our kingdom and yet the citizen experience scarcity? Is it possible? Is it possible? The Bible says a, a, a hair for as long as he is immature continues to be a subject of even the slaves. Until he comes to maturity, nobody gives the abundance of resources that the master has made available for the hair to the hair. Are we together? And all across God's world, we continually see things that point to us that God has made us for abundance. Whenever you hear things like open the floodgates of heaven, what comes to your mind? Abundance of life of whatever it is the floodgates of heaven is open to. Are we together? That in heaven where we live, you know, and I was not that we located to it. Hello? Heaven sees it in the house. We relocated to it. We jump back from this earth. <laughs> but we don't want to go back. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> eh? We don't want to go back yet. Nobody won't die. Eh? <laughs> eh? God sent us as ambassadors to earth. Heaven is our home country. We are heaven citizens. Now, this kingdom that we belong to that sent us as ambassadors into this kingdom did not leave us without an abundance of supply. One of the stories that I read that just made me know that the source that we are connected to is an infinite source of life and power. You know, Jesus Christ said in the book of John chapter 10 verse 10, he said, the thief cometh but not for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I have come that they might have what? Life. And they might have it in what? In abundance. Let's forget about who the thief is, whatever. What I know is that that scripture is saying that there is a thief and the thief's mission is to kill, steal, and destroy. But there is an I, who is Jesus, that have come with a different mission and that mission is that you have life and have it in abundance. Now, in the book of Ezekiel chapter 37, the Bible talks about um, the man of God who God took to the valley of dry bones. Let me see if I can quickly, quickly read. Uh, and as I read that, that passage of scripture, you become amazed at the abundance of, of life that we have in God because God himself is the infinite source of life. Infinite source of life. Because with him, there is no shortage. 
Let me read it in uh, NKJV. Starting from verse 1. The Bible says that the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can this bone live? Hello? Dry bones. How have you ever seen dry bones? You have seen dry bones? Hmm? Dry bones. Uh, your chemistry lab, which lab, biology lab in school? Eh? Even on the streets. Okay, you always bring bones. Okay, there is there is a there is a, an abundant supply of dry bones. Plenty. Okay. Now, the picture that is painted in our minds as we read this scripture is a valley of dry bones where life is not only in short supply it was non-existent in that scenario hello it was not a scarcity of life it was that there is no life in that system at all but God asked his servant son of man can this bone live? The only way for these bones to live is that life must come into them. Hello? And even if life comes into bones and bones, skeleton, begin to walk towards you, it will not be normal. So there must be much more. Out together, an abundant supply of everything that is needed. So he says, So I answered, Oh Lord. You know. You know, one of the things that characterizes us as children of God is the confident assurance that we have that it is in God eh, that all abundance exists. Ezekiel knew that whether these dry bones can live or not is not a function of me. I am only a vessel. The God that took him to the valley of dry bones already knew that these dry bones can live again. God is the infinite source of abundant life. Are we together? So God knew that these bones can live. But God asked him that son of man, can these bones live? Why? Why is Ezekiel's permission needed? Or why is this consent needed? Shebe, you are God. You have the abundance of life. This is the dry bone. Eh. God, dry bones, you want them to live? Eh, may they live now. But God 
who has positioned you and I in the valleys of dry bones around us today knows that the things that he wants to do inside that valley coincidentally I live in river valley inside that valley <laughs> he needs an agent inside that valley to do, yes, there's an agent inside River Valley. To do the work with plenty for inside Valley, we'll be agents. <laughs> yeah, we have plenty inside River Valley that are agents. But plenty, even in this room now, there are like four agents of River Valley here. Amen. Now, God is going to do it through a man. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, God gave a supply of even what to say. But God did not say it himself. He said, I said to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews of you and bring flesh upon you cover you with skin and put bread in you and you shall live then shall you then you shall know that I am the Lord amen the servant says so I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone indeed as I looked the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to breath, thus says the Lord, of God, the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on this slain and they may live, that they may live. So I prophesied, and as he commanded me, and bread came into them, and they lived, and stood up in their, on their feet, upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Hallelujah. So at the end of the day, there was an army out of a valley of dry bones. And God has taken us through the process that made the army out of this dry bone situation. No, making, fully, making us fully aware of the fact that God is not in shortage of supply. At the end of the day, was it Ezekiel that made the ligaments and the bones join together? Was it the one that brought the flesh on the bones? Was it the one that caused the, the wind from all four corners of the earth to come together and breathe on these bodies to become alive? No. All that he did, he did, he needed to do was be a vessel. All he did was just be a channel through which God's will was done in the face of the earth. And now we have an abundance of life, an army ready to obey God's instruction from a valley that when we first of all came in contact with it, it was a valley of dry bones. 
It was not only in scarcity, scarce supply of life, there was no life at all in that environment. But even though there was no life, God already saw life in that situation. There was an abundance of life, and it was the reason why God asked him, can this bone live? From the moment God said, can this bone live, there, is, there was no shortage of supply of anything. It was possible. And that's one thing we see about abundance. In God, there is abundance. You know, in talking about the concept of abundance, when we take a look at what God has created on the face of the earth, the Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. You know, that sentence is very simple and very straightforward, but what is inside that sentence is very huge. Hello? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It sounds very straightforward and simple, but if you and I sit down and analyze the context or the content of that creation, please, I want to, I want to talk about this. We will see that Hello, I think I have control now. Yes, thank you. It's no longer controlling. Thank you. When we look at creation, and we study in Genesis 1, we realize that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then he went ahead to say, God said, let there be light. God said, there will be firmament. God brought out this and brought out that. Now, there was that explanation. And because of our uh, Sunday school Bible stories as children, <laughs> you know, all that we see that was created is a big ball called the earth. And the favorite, our favorite part of that picture is the side that Africa is facing us. Are we together? So that big ball called the earth is what we picture in our minds that God created. But as mankind grew more innovative and grew more courageous and sojourned in a search for what is possible beyond the earth, we begin to realize that God has an infinite supply and abundance of all things. That everything we see as created by God Everything we know, when the psalmist talks about the greatness of God in terms of the seas and the oceans, in terms of the mountains and the wild, and talks about all these things and uses them as a measure of how great God is, you and I have the opportunity to even use much more to have insight into God's greatness. We realize that in our galaxy alone, it's called the Milky Way, the sun, the, the sun sorry, is just one of about 100 to 400 billion stars, ladies and gentlemen. Hmm. 
The second part says the deeper we look into the cosmos, the more galaxies we see. Saying that that our own galaxy, now one, and that our galaxy, our one sun that we know. And you know, <laughs> the sun to us is like, ah, some people worship it. Eh? Our own sun is just one of about a hundred to four hundred billion. Four hundred billion is too much. Only one hundred billion. Do you know what one billion is? Even in, in cities, sorry, even in Naira. Eh? Have you ever imagined what 100 billion Naira will mean? Eh, to your life. <laughs> How much would you have spent in a year if you spend, if you make it a goal to spend 1 million Naira every day? 365 million. That means it will take you roughly about two and a half years to spend one billion. Hmm? Hmm? About three years, yeah? To spend one billion. One billion. That means you are spending one million every day. Say, oh God, I know they do anything again. You see my life? <laughs> this is like what I did now. And I enjoy it. <laughs> eh? Eh? No worry about my future. Because there's 100 billion naira in the bank. Eh, my future will sort itself. Abi, so your future has sorted itself. 100 billion is You are spending 1 million every day. It takes 3 years to spend 1 billion. Now, do you even have up to 3 years times 100 to live? That's 300 years. So even if God grants you 100 more years to your current 45, <laughs> we know those I'm talking about. <laughs> We know the people, are, you know that I'm not the one you're talking about now because you know my age. Eh? So you're already 45. Or at least so you're already 14 or 15. 100 years. Meaning you can afford to spend 3, 3 million every day and you still not finish spending it for your entire lifetime. That's in monetary terms. Just give you an example of. How a hundred, how much a hundred billion is. Now we are talking about the sun. The sun, not the earth. The earth is a fraction of the sun. An insignificant fraction in size of the of the sun. And yet, the sun is only our own sun. This one that around the sun we are cramming Mercury, Venus, Earth, Pluto, Jupiter, Mars, all those things in primary school. Eh? Only our sun is where a whole geography <laughs> eh? is about. Now, God created so much that our sun is only one out of over a hundred billion stars. Brethren, It means that the power of the sun <laughs> is not scarce. <laughs> Hello? Hello? How many of us watch all these superhero movies where they just discover one metal? Like Wakanda now, they just buy premium, all those kind of things. Just one thing. And then they will now begin to multiply the power and say, ah, it, it contains a lot of power. Eh? 
the power, the energy that is inside the sun, that makes all the planets revolve around it, eh, is in abundance of supply. You and I cannot even begin to imagine all the other realities around all the other 100 and, and something billion other suns or stars that exist. And you know, <laughs> in 2016, a study estimates that the observable universe contains 2 trillion or 2 million million to help you understand it, galaxies. Hello? When these things are talking trillion, billion, you're now wondering, is that how cheap billion is? Eh? <laughs> eh? Is that how cheap billion, trillion is? Even God is using, you know, it's only in Nigerian papers that you see somebody embezzled 100 billion. Somebody embezzled 100 trillion. Even God now is using trillion and billion anyhow. Seeds. Now we know that in our galaxy, which is called the Milky Way, our sun is just one of over 100 billion stars. Now there are observably over two trillion other galaxies. What are we talking about? Your mind and mine cannot fathom the abundance that God makes available in that simple statement God created the heavens and the earth. It is what our mind can capture that we know. Hello? The greatness of God is not only when we look at the seas and the oceans, the firmament. We now have much more to look at. Many things that will be zoned as the heavens in those days. Eh? We have seen into some. There was no plane in those days. So even the sky, this cloud there is called the heavens. Hello? What now we know? So the God that we serve did not leave us in shortage of supply of anything. Because in him, based on creation alone, we know clearly, no doubt, that there, was no such, there is no shortage. So, we, me, looking at me, looking at us, Gold Hall, in comparison to the size of Lagos alone, we are insignificant. Hmm? Compared to the size of Nigeria, Africa, then the globe, and then we are not talking about these trillions and billions of galaxies. And yet, God is mindful of us. Now, whatever our minds can accommodate as abundance is too small in comparison to what God has made available to us. And as we go further, more than we ever think was created, as we go further, we realize that there could be a problem. And the problem is not the lack of abundance. The problem is not scarcity. 
If God has created abundance and supplied everything in abundance, why then do we struggle? Why then does it look like people continue to wallow in scarcity and engage in shortage of supply of resources that we need? We know that God's word has already told us that he has made all grace abound to us so that we, having all sufficiency, can abound in all good works. Are we together? But how come we still experience scarcity? How come the people of God still experience a shortage of supply? Do you know that if Ezekiel argued with God that these dry bones cannot live, it's possible that he's not the one that will speak the words. Hello? Because said, can these bones live? He said, God, never. These dry bones, these ones can never live. The basic, the basic belief that can make it happen is to trust God that he's able to make the supply abundance. In our daily lives, ladies and gentlemen, on a daily basis, the scarcity or whatever scarcity we experience only requires one thing. A firm belief in us that God is able to supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory. Bible says that according to his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Through what? The knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Abundance starts with understanding that there is a God that is not limited in supply and is responsible for ensuring that abundance is available in, the, in our lives and for the work that he has given us to do. Ezekiel recognized it and said, you know, O oh God. So God said, correct. Now that you know that I'm able to do it, oh yeah, you prophesy. In your life and in your situation also, God has you there as an agent. God says concerning your situation, do you know that 10 billion naira is not a problem? <laughs> I say, ah, me, 10 billion naira, God, are you, they want me, me. Wait now they do, what do I do? What do I do in this small car business that I'm running? Eh? Oh, because I'm selling phones now. <laughs> eh? Even the people that are producing the phones, they never make them. Hello? Ah, ah, God, this is my small job. Ah, when we 400,000 naira per month salary, so you are not calculating for God. You carry calculator. And I say 400 naira, 400,000 naira per month times 12. I'm, some of, I'm, I'm speaking some people's mind now. Times 12. And I say, ah, God. Ah. Times. Ah. Times 10. The next 10 years of my life, I could not earn this amount. Minus how much do I spend per month? Like 375. Ah, only 25K remain. God, 25K times 12. You are calculating. You are, you are helping God to calculate. So God now, so after calculating, you, know, you have now seen. Bible says faith is the evidence of things not seen. Are we together? Eh? It's an evidence of things hoped for, an ev uh, a substance of things hoped for, and an evidence of things not seen. You don't use what you don't see through your calculator. Don't take judge God. So you have put God in a corner of God. If you are talking about billions. Them, give me a political appointment. 
So God is asking you like, like Ezekiel that do you know that before your 30th birthday you can have a hundred billion to do the work that I've called you to do? Because he has laid something in your heart to do, ladies and gentlemen. The whole of uh, Nehemiah, we spent it studying the fact that God has given us assignments. All together, every one of us have an assignment or the other. So God is saying for that assignment, I'm, I'm ready to make all sufficiency abound for all good work that I'm giving you to do. <laughs> you are saying, ah, for this good work that I have put in my mind, God, there's 100 billion that is required. And for what I'm seeing, this 400 400,000 that I'm earning on a monthly basis. So you are now calculating how, so maybe, maybe I should relocate to UK so that minimum wage in UK is like this, ah, this is like 4 million. If I can save like this. You are calculating for God. That's the problem. In this equation, of the technology of abundance, it can nothing can happen without first of all a firm belief in the fact that faithful is he that has called for he will do it. You must know. Look, you are running towards the end of the month. What's the date of today? Today is 14th, Abby. It's already half of the month. We are running towards the end of the month. There are bills that, that are maturing towards the end of the month. Altogether. Your mind is already calculating how you don't have enough to pay those bills. Now, for last month, how did you pay it? For two months ago, how did you pay it? For three months ago, how did you pay it? When your parents were paying it, when you were little, how did they pay it? Do you know? Is it because of your calculation that it was paid? So first of all, we must come to terms with the fact that there is a God that is our supplier and it's our confident assurance in him knowing fully well that in him there is no scarcity or shortage of supply that brings us into a space where he can make this abundance available in us. We must, first of all, believe that God is able. And the biggest Thing the enemy can ever do to you. The enemy, how many of us know that the enemy does not have the capacity to touch you? The enemy can't touch you. You are protected by God. Yeah? The enemy is frustrated that he cannot do anything to you. The only thing the enemy can do to you is to influence you to doubt God. He could not touch Adam and Eve. <laughs> but when he came, he said, Eve, come, come. Has God said, so once you engage in that English battle and conversation, your responsibility is simply to just believe what God has said. Has God said, you say thank you, that you know that God has said, leave it like that. It's like that. So that your foolishness of believing what God has said, eh? the world cannot understand it. For that is wisdom in God's own terms. Hello? Imagine that I call you, my friend. Sure. Say, I want to take you somewhere. And I'll take you to a valley of dry bones. Hmm? And I say, pardon me. Say, these bones, they go leave now. Now, imagine a valley of dry bones. And I'm telling you now that these bones, they will leave. You will see an army now. What will you say? You will say, Kule? Sure. <laughs> you say, Come, come, come. 
<laughs> As I'm following you, you now be you pick your phone, you be trying to call pastor. Pastor, like our guy don't collude. <laughs> eh? Eh? Pastor, I just remember I tell you, I was trying to call you normal, but I wasn't connected. This was how it's important. PK, there's problem. Especially if I've had a track record of telling you stupid things. <laughs> in, in the name of God said. Eh? In the name of God said. So I'll tell you that this one, dry boat, will live again. I said, Kunle, what do you find called value or dry bones? Dry bones. <laughs> eh? Wait, what did you, what are you looking for in the value of dry bones? That's what you'll be thinking. You'll be caring for your friend. See, let me tell you, many people are trying to care for you. Hmm? Unknowingly, they're distracting you from what God has told you. But it's their, their own way of showing love. It's not their fault. It is your responsibility to be able to discern and know that, yes, this person loves me and is trying to care for me. <laughs> but what God has told me is clear and sure. And this person does not understand it. We need to ensure that we stand on God's word and believe it. Because he's the one that has the abundance that he can bring into our situation. There's scarcity all around, no doubt. I don't need to introduce to any Nigerian the meaning of scarcity. Because if you look at your electrical supply at home, when was the last time you have electricity, sir? It's improved now, but they still take them. They still take them. They're still up Nepal. The shortage. If it cannot be available 247, there's shortage. Are we together? How many of us can confidently say that in Nigeria, in the next three years, there will be no scarcity of fuel? Because you don't know the kind of useless fuel that one idiot will, will, will bring in tomorrow again. That will be bad fuel. They will say it's bad fuel. This, this, that, that, that. No, and nobody will be responsible for it. And then the citizens will begin to queue again. Long queues, causing traffic, damaging things, and causing problems. There is no need to introduce scarcity. But you know what? In the midst of this scarcity, God needs you and I to be able to prophesy the abundance that he has made available already. Because we know that he has made all sufficiently to abound for all good works. To call the abundance that we know that God has already made available to come into existence. And that is what this is about. The technology of abundance is not without understanding that in any situation of scarcity, God is the source of abundance of life. And the same thing in your life, in my life. If we experience a shortage of supply on a daily basis in our finances, in whatever aspect of our lives, in our health, because there are health conditions that even money cannot solve anymore. Yeah? That even in that situation, no matter how dead and dry the bones are, God is able to make an abundant supply of life and every form of resources that is required. This technology lies in God and it comes with our own belief that he is able to make all sufficiency available to us for every work. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Bible says, according to the divine power, has given us everything without exception. We need for life and godliness. Anything that is hindering your life and your godliness is scarcity that God does not have anything to do with. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to arise. It's time for me to arise. It's time for us to wake up and not allow the devil to shortchange us. Don't allow the devil to convince us that God is not able to take care of our situation. Forget about your permutations and your calculations. Pick up God's word and believe it. He is the one that makes abundance available. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed. If you'd like to connect with us further, if you need discipleship, need counsel, guidance, or prayers, please connect with our website, www.hccc.org.ng. We'll be happy to help you in every way we can. And if you're already a Christian and a child of God and you would like to join us in the work of reaching to the communities and making a difference in people's lives, there's an amazing project we're doing we'd like to invite you to be a part of. If you go to www.marketwomeninitiative.org, you can get to find out amazing opportunities to partner with us in reaching our community. God bless you.